Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you guys about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know by now, Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge down to Erie. For a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off your $50 or more purchase on their website and on their app. Use the promo code BSN10 to save $10 off your $50 or more purchase for all of your parties and events and have it delivered straight to your door. Now let's jump into the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Going to work, crisscrossing with Jost. Right in, turned out by Jari. That was a one-on-two. And Jost. The best avalanche coverage in Denver. And welcome in. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I am your host, Jesse Montano. I am joined by the one and only, I'm assuming one and only, AJ Hayfley. AJ, how the F are you, my friend? Uh, King of Plane, man. Well, that's good. That is good. And, uh, I don't think there's a lot of Avs fans complaining today after the 3-2 to two shootout win over the Arizona Coyotes last night. AJ, that's what we are here to talk about in this first segment. <clears throat> An interesting game. Saw the Avs give up the, the lead late. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, but they were able to pull it out in a shootout. Again, as always, let's just start with... Uh, Initial uh, initial thoughts from uh, from the game last night. Um, boy, I don't know. Um, are you worried about the collapse late? No. Again? No. Okay. Well, then I guess I'm gonna we're gonna switch jobs now. Why aren't you worried about it? Because you're playing a team similarly to to Chicago a few nights ago, who's literally playing for their life. Okay, but why aren't they that desperate? 
Because because they don't need to be. You hear you hear teams this time of year. Uh, <clears throat> I think it was Nate Schmidt a couple nights ago. Was like, yeah, you know, we just have to be more desperate. You can't manufacture desperation. You know what I mean? There, there's the Tampa Bay Lightning aren't going to play as desperate as uh, you know the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're just not going to. And so you know the Abs got themselves up. The Abs came out ready. The Abs jumped on a lead. Uh, you know, in the second period, and they built on it. Then you had a team that that literally said, "Hey, if we don't, you know, if we can't come back and win this thing, then our season's basically done." The abs, you, you, you can't make that kind of desperation up. You know what I mean? Okay, but the abs have now had a chance uh, twice in the same week to essentially end an opposing team season both with Chicago and with Arizona. And they had third period leads and they couldn't finish either game off. That doesn't concern you at all? Nope. Not this time of year, man. It, it really? just I mean, it, it doesn't, just doesn't. You a little bit that they can't finish. I, I mean, you know, I, I was talking about it last night with someone after the game. To me, that's a maturity thing. And, and being in these situations, you have to learn how to close these games out. And, and a, you know, a team that is a bubble team, <clears throat> that's just, you know, they're a bubble team for a reason. If they could close out every game that they needed to, well, they'd be sitting, you know, where the, the St. Louis Blues or the Nashville Predators are. It's a, it's a young team that's that's still learning, you know, figuring this curve, figuring this curve out. <clears throat> and, you know, they gave up the lead, but they pushed back. And so they gave up the lead and they came out and they, and they shut it down in overtime and 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 they got it done in a shootout. Is it ideal? No. Do you want to see them giving up these leads? Absolutely not. You'd love for them just to close it out in regulation. But the reality of the, the situation is, like we talk about all the time, there's two teams out there. And, and in this case, you had two teams, or you had one of the teams that was fighting for their absolute life. They were fighting for their season. And that just wasn't the case. You're having, you have to hold on and, and hope that your goalie bails you out and that your defense bails you out. You gave up the, the the late goal. You know what? You got it back. You take the two points, and you just try to go win the next game. Yeah, I don't know, man. Something about them blowing that last night didn't sit well with me. But again, and I mean, like, look, like they they extended their lead. Uh, they've now only left what one point on the table out of their last. And that's what I'm saying. You know, it's it's this like what fourteen. <clears throat> I think they've gotten thirteen of their four of fourteen possible points over the last couple of weeks. So, like, I'm I'm not sitting here like, they're incompetent. The world is falling. Like, you know, like it, it's nothing like that. Right. Uh, it just it just seems like, and maybe it's just what happens when a team wins a lot of games is you just naturally start to nitpick it. Yeah. And say, well, this was imperfect. Imperfect. Mm-hmm. But. It does, to me, it just seems like, I don't know, there's there's cause for concern that they haven't been able to finish off two, two teams that are fighting with them directly for that playoff spot that they currently inhabit. Mm-hmm. And they, and, and it was in a minor way, obviously, because of, um, uh, because they got they got a point in Chicago and then ultimately they won the game last mm-hmm. night. But 
it's two teams that they let off the hook when they could have ended it. Yeah, no, and and, and I get that, but <clears throat> again, you have to look at it from the other way. You have you have a team that's right there with you. So, you know, it's not like these are Chicago maybe. But, you know, it's not like, like <clears throat> I just don't understand why they aren't as desperate. They should be the same kind of desperate because they eliminate Chicago. That's one team they don't have to worry about chasing them. They they win in regulation last night, and while the, obviously they don't eliminate Arizona with four games left to play, they essentially put their foot on Arizona's throat. They take the tiebreaker. They walk out of everything uh, easy peasy, and they force Arizona to essentially have to win all of the last of the, the the last four games of the season. Yeah. And they didn't, they, I mean, they, in, in just the, the slightest of ways, they let them off the hook. And we saw what happened to St. Louis last year. The St. Louis let the abs off the hook when they had an opportunity to, and what mm-hmm. happened? No. And, 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 and so I'm- looking at that, looking at that way, man, like if this comes down, we've said, we can't come down to game 82 mm-hmm. and all they did this last week in letting each of those teams survive another day is get themselves closer to game 82 and not have this thing settled. No. And, and, and I get all of that. And I, excuse me. And I understand that just to me, you know, you're, you're, you're playing at a time of year where every team is playing, you know, any team that's in it is, is playing their best hockey. And is it frustrating as hell that they let the coyotes and the Blackhawks off the hook? Yes, absolutely. But does that mean we write off how they closed out Dallas? They closed out Minnesota. You know, they have all these games that they have closed out. You let an extremely desperate team tie the game late. You ultimately win. And it's like you said, we're, we're nitpicking because we, you know, we can't not. We're, we're sports fans. That's what we do. Your team's 82-0 and 0 and you go, yeah, but they should have won the games by more. You know what I mean? And so. I mean, if you're nitpicking an 82-0 and 0 team, that's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> yeah, but you you get the analogy I'm making there. To me, there you look at the schedule they've had. <clears throat> excuse me, over the last handful of days, they close out Vegas, one of the better teams in the league. They close out Minnesota, who's right there with them. They close out Dallas, who's who's right there with them. Uh, you know, in all these playoff races, you let Arizona back into it, and it's oh my gosh, the Avs suck. They can't close out a third period. I know that's not what you said, but. You know that's some of the stuff that you that, that you see around Twitter today. To me, it just it isn't that concerning because if you look at this body of work as a whole over the last month, you know it, it, it's it is what it is. You 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 closed out Chicago once, like I said, you closed out Dallas, Minnesota, um, Carolina. Oh no, I'm sorry, Carolina beat the crap out of you. Um, you beat Vegas in regulation. To me, it's 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 not a concern. Um, you like to see him close it out, and to your point, you don't like giving those teams, uh, you know, that little bit of life to keep to keep hope alive. But you're still in a position where you're three points up on the next closest team. You're fully in control of what happens to you. Uh, go close out the next one, and. You know, if if they start losing the ability to close teams out and still come away with points, uh, then yeah, it's it's a concern. But as of right now, man, uh, that was a uh, a desperate team that uh, you know 
surrendered a lead to an even more desperate team, but ultimately got the win. And, and that's what matters this time of year. You still put more separation between you and the coyotes after the game than you had going into the game. Uh, so that's kind of where I'm at with it. Okay. I'm skeptical. And and it's totally, I mean, they got out, they, they got out, they got the lead. And, uh, I just never felt like they played particularly well in the game mm-hmm. yesterday. Um, I felt like they, you know, obviously they took advantage of the opportunities. Uh, and then I thought they, I honestly thought that despite giving up like what, 40 shots, I thought they played fairly well defensively because, I mean, how many times was Philip Grubauer making a glove save on a shot 17 feet away that's unscreened? You know, where you're just kind of like, I mean, I'm that's not the kind of shot that's going to bother me. And if Arizona is going to throw 25 of those at Grubauer, cool. It's just going to make his save percentage look super dope. And so I, you know, I just was, I don't know, man, I... Not worried about it, um, but it just it's to me it was it was of a minor and, concern. And you, you know, and then the the players and the coaches afterwards were not even remotely concerned about it. Like everybody that watched McKinnon's interview last night saw that I asked him about it. That's how I started the interview, and he wasn't even remotely bothered by it. He was just like, No, nah, they just got lucky, yeah. basically. And that was that that was the you know, and, and it was it was echoed by Bedner. You know, Bedner basically said, hey, uh, we didn't do as much as I would have liked for us to do, but we had some really good scoring chances in the third period that if we capitalize on those, we, we probably win that game in regulation. Mm-hmm. And while true, they didn't. And then, you know, uh, and then... <clears throat> and I can, I can totally see and, and understand why... You know, yeah. people are saying, oh, man, well, you know, they, they need to close that out. And especially given the circumstance, you let that team get away with a point. Um, <clears throat> but again, Arizona's out there trying to make things happen, too. And and they were able to, to get a point and, and stay in it for, for what you hope is just another couple days. Um, but for me, man, it's, it's one of those things you don't want to see it continue. But... <clears throat> It's not. It's not that big of a concern for me. I can understand why why people are uh, skeptical of that, though. Yeah, and and like the Avs are only middle of the road when leading after two periods this year. Um, mm-hmm. They're right in the middle of the league in terms of success and closing out games. Um, and that's not even like they closed out Vegas, right? But that was a game they were up three nothing, and they had to go down to the final minute, and they had to white knuckle the end of that game, which we've seen so much of. And I don't know that it's coaching. I don't know that it's player personality. I don't. I don't know what it is that causes that, because it's a it's a very normal thing in the NHL for for those you know for that stuff to happen. Like that's it. It happens. But right, it's it's still it's still something that happens too frequently for the Avs. And I just don't know. I don't know why that is. And maybe that's why it really doesn't sit well with me is because I can't explain it. I can't put my finger on it. I it's, it's weird to me it's, when people are just immediately like, wow, great coaching there chief. Like, Oh, that's doing a wonderful job. And it's not like, I can't imagine Jared Bednar sitting on the bench. Like, all right, guys, I need you guys to 
shift this down into first gear and completely stop playing hockey. Like, right. Come on. Like that's, it's incredibly dumb to think that that's taking place. But at Mm -hmm. the same time, it's a problem. It's a legitimate, to me, it's a legitimate problem and it's not getting fixed. So, you know, and, and the abs can say, Oh, well, the, the low, you know, the low quality of the chances that they gave up last night, you know, they just got lucky with those two. But when you give up 60 of those chances, you know, like you give up 60 of those chances, you're opening it up to those things happening to you. If you give up 30 of those chances, you know, there's there's a much higher uh, there's a much higher chance that those 30 chances aren't going to beat you, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it's like, okay, sure, the quality is low. But you know, all it takes is one for it to take some goofy bounce, does something silly, right? But mm-hmm. if you give up 30 of them or you give up 60 of them, which one are you more comfortable with? You know, and so for me, watching them gear it down offensively and and like they were playing hard at the start of the third period, but by 10 minutes to go, they had completely shifted into Let's just get out of here. Let's let's it's 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 a young team trying to figure this out. They went through it last year and they're going through it again this year. But that's why you go and get veteran guys like Ian Cole. Why you go and get a Matt Calvert. You know, it's why it's one of the reasons why you like it's one of the reasons why you where was Ian Cole? Where did where did Ian Cole lock it down? I'm I'm this is what I'm at. This is what I'm saying though. And this is one of the things why you go why you want to go and get a guy like Colin Wilson. You know, Colin Wilson was still out there on offense, you know, winning foot races to pucks. You know, he wasn't, he hadn't geared anything down. And it was like, where is more of that? You know, and those guys have some experience winning games. You know, Ian Cole's got two cups. Um, You know, Matt Calvert's been beat by Pittsburgh in the first round, like his whole career. Um, but you, but you went out and you added you added veteran guys right who are who are or aren't they they don't matter on your roster and I say that with obviously a massive grain of salt but they're not your top guys they're not the guys that you're leaning on the the, the core of this team is a young team with very little postseason experience with very little big game experience still and this is all part of it you gave up the lead against against Arizona it sucked. And and you should have gotten out of there with with the two points in regulation, but you didn't. But they figured out a way to bounce back, get the win in a shootout. If that's a playoff game, no one's having this conversation. Like because I get I get Sam Gerard struggling. Why is Eric Johnson struggling? I've been asking that all year. That's a, that's a relevant question all year. Why you is know, Eric Johnson struggling? Like. Like this, this is what I'm saying though. This is my, this is where I'm, I'm concerned is because, you know, I mean, Gabe, Gabe Landis, how old is Gabe Landis? 26, 27 now? Mm-hmm. Like how much, how much longer can we really use the young team thing? Like as a group, I'm still with you. Like it's, it's obviously like as, as a group, it's young and they're very green in big situations. I am totally with you. I, I am not in any way disagreeing, but I'm saying I want to see them start to get over that hump a little bit. A, Absolutely. A, two consecutive playoff races for them should go oh, a super long way. And you know what's crazy is I'm sitting here and I'm saying this, and I haven't once acknowledged that 
it's obvious that last year's experience where they they faltered down the stretch. You remember mm-hmm. they what what did they finish two five and one that Bedner keeps citing? Yeah, uh, in their last seven games down the stretch, like they have done the exact opposite this year. You remember after the loss to Anaheim, you and I went on the podcast and they said they have to win nine of their last ten games. Mm-hmm. And you know they've they've we we mentioned it earlier in the segment they've gotten thirteen of 14 possible points since that point, since that loss to Anaheim. Like they have gone out and they have done work, man. And they get all the credit in the world for that because, and it's, and and it's obvious that last year's experience has helped them. They're more comfortable. Yeah, they are. They look, they, they are approaching this differently. You remember last year they were running out there and they were getting outshot by 25 every single night to everybody. They were getting shelled and they weren't playing well. That's that is not the case mm-hmm. this time around. So last year's experience has obviously played into their improvement this year. But I'm just saying I would very much like to I would very much like to see a little bit more of that next step, you know? That next step where they 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 close a game comfortably. Not, you know, where they shifted it. They obviously want to do this like Nashville does it, where they shifted into a very low event game and then they bore the other team to death and they just play very safe and they play very perimeter. And I just, I just, that's the next step that I want to see. They're so close to this, obviously. And I just, I, I have like this nightmare, right? Where it's like, they're gonna they're gonna give up a two one lead in the third period against St. Louis on Monday night or against Edmonton and that and then they're gonna lose in overtime and they're gonna miss the playoffs by one point. And we're gonna look at that and we're gonna all light ourselves on fire. Yeah. And that's like that's the frustration, right? Like that's the that's the thing where you're just like, come on. So I just I just wanna see them take that next little step and start to close games with more confidence, yeah. you know, and you can't, you can't get there without closing a couple of games along the way. Totally. <clears throat> but that's what's next for them. They need to start closing these games with more confidence and, you know, again, nitpicking, but I don't, I don't want to continue to have to sit through these super stressful third periods. Yeah, no, no kidding. And, and, and I agree with that. And it, uh, it does. You 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 want to see him, uh, you know, handle those situations better. But that's something that I'm I'm fully confident will come with time. Um, sure, hope so, man. It, and it will. It will for sure. I, I can tell you that right now. And uh, I don't think we have much much to worry about, man. Uh, Long term. And part of that is, uh, in, thanks in part to what we. Uh, Want to talk about in the next segment? Are you uh, are you good on on Avs Coyotes? I am. They got the win. That's what really matters at the end of the day. You know, we can we can argue about uh, you know whether they should have closed it out, whether they should have this. Whether they got the win. That's what matters. You hate giving up that point, but it is what it is. So let's uh, let's actually go ahead and take that first break. When we come back, Kale McCarr moves on to the Frozen Four. I'm not even sure if the game is done yet, but that's how confident I am. It's done. It is done. Uh, So there you go. Kale McCarr on to the Frozen Four. What does that mean for the abs, and what does that mean for him? BS and Avalanche Podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. 
The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. Segment number two here, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage, Jesse Montano and AJ Hayfley here to talk some cake maker. Kale McCarr continues to just go off this season as he propels the University of Massachusetts Minutemen onto the Frozen Four, and he scored on an absolute bullet of a one-timer today. Uh, AJ, real quickly, did you catch the game? Uh, against Notre Dame? Yep. Uh, I caught part of it. I was also watching Rockies. Oh, nice. Hell yeah. Um, Which was a bad call because they lost today. <laughs> hey, that's all right. It happens, uh, especially in Miami. Yeah, I was gonna say we're, we should just be lucky that no one, uh, no one's gotten hurt yet. That's the thing, man. Like that's what you root for as a Rockies fan. When they go to Miami, you're like, just get everybody back alive. Yeah. Um. Wow, Kale McCarr. You know, uh, once again. Um, just just continues to to play extremely well um for the for the minutemen and the only bad news uh is that this now means abs fans it's probably going to be a while until uh, until we get a look at uh at that prized possession in uh, in Kale McCarr but that's probably all right yeah uh, yeah, I mean, it's we all got really hyped on it because all of a sudden, you know, it was it was here. Mm -hmm. It was on top of us. Like the end of Kale McCarr's time at UMass was suddenly a very real possibility. You have insider trader out there saying that the Evs are going to sign him right away. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I can't speak to any of that. Um, but it's it was just it, all of a sudden, you know, it was like we all got to see Makar for once because he was on national television mm -hmm. uh, and all, the, you know, it was very, we were, oh my God, it's all happening. Right. And, and then it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's one of those things where you sit there and you say, great for Kale Makar. This is what he wanted. Uh, you know, he wanted to go back and he wanted, uh, you know, a chance to to do something with UMass, and and he's going to get that chance um, to to you know play for a, play for a title. And so you're really happy for him, but that 
of course does mean that that yeah he because the frozen four isn't till what next weekend or two weekends from now or something like yeah, that two, it's two weeks from now i believe two, two weeks from uh, now so 13th yeah two weekends from now so you know he's he's in it and again it's it's great for him um that uh that he's getting the chance to do that how disappointed are you that uh that we aren't going to get to see him um i mean a, a little bit i haven't really been for a while now i haven't been planning on seeing him this year mm-hmm. um so i'm for me it's good for him i hope he goes and wins a natty at, at umass that'd be awesome for him and I mean, that just sets up his legacy as a guy that's going to win a whole bunch of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. He won everything imaginable in the AJHL. He goes to college. Now he's going to win that. Great. Next up is the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I would rather have I would rather have a high profile guy that's that takes a little bit longer to get here because he's busy winning everywhere than a high profile guy who's available to come right away because his team can't ever win anything. And we've seen we've seen the abs uh, with both, you know, Um you know, Matt, Matt Duchesne got drafted and his OHL career was, I mean, he was an awesome OHL player, but his teams didn't really do much. You know, Nathan McKinnon, uh, you know, destroyed the Memorial Cup. And, you know, and, and look at look at how their postseason careers have gone, as limited as they may have been. You know, as far as I know, Matt Duchesne is still looking for his first career playoff goal. And, um. Nathan McKinnon has been a point per game player in the postseason in his career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and now it looks like Kale McCarr is more of, of the McKinnon breed just because he gets into those big games. His teams are always in those situations and he dominates in them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, it's uh, how can you be anything but ultra, 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 ultra excited about what's coming with this kid and, and, what he represents and that that level of talent, I I don't know how uh, they're gonna the the time on ice is ultimately gonna shake out, but I just don't know how the abs are gonna be able to resist the temptation to play that guy twenty minutes uh, next year. Like I don't know how they're gonna at twenty years old. It's not like he's an eighteen year old mm-hmm. at twenty. I don't know. I don't know how they're gonna you know if they go out there and they get an entire year out of him where he plays like 16 minutes a night, it will be one of like the most legendary signs of restraint imaginable. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, it's that's a hundred percent. I agree. Um, I still hope that uh, if, if it gets to a certain point, you know, and depending on where the abs are in their season uh, that when McCars is done, the Eagles will be getting their playoff run, and if the Abs, for whatever reason, aren't a realistic option, like it would be pretty tough for you to ask Kale McCarr to drop into the middle of a first-round playoff series with the Abs. You mean? Yeah, because if they go on, if they win the national championship, uh, it'll be. I think the the and the Abs are in the postseason. I think the Abs will be either in Game Three or Four, depending on where what all the schedules end up being. They'll either be in game three or four of their first round playoff series. And that's a, that's a huge ask, mm-hmm. right? To, to just drop him in and be like, okay, we need you to make a, we need you to, to, with one practice under your belt, come into the highest stakes scenario imaginable and make right. a discernible difference in the postseason. Like that's, that's asking a whole lot. Mm-hmm. 
And I think instead of of doing that to him, they they could easily just uh, and and I don't actually know what the rules are uh, in terms of an AHL roster and and like adding a guy after the postseason has already started. I don't know if you're allowed to do that. I can't I can't recall ever thinking about the situation before. I'm just assuming that it's fine. Mm-hmm. But under the I'm and under that assumption, obviously I'll look into it now that I've now that I've openly <laughs> pondered it on the show. But I I would still, you know, depending again, depending on how it all goes, I still think it would make the most sense for him to go down and play with the Eagles for their playoff run. Yeah. No, I and agree. then we'll see him in September. And, you know, obviously the, the plan will he'll he'll make the roster. We're not we're not talking about Eagles with that guy long term. Mm-hmm. It'll be the only time he plays in the AHL, barring conditioning stints in the future. Right. Yeah, uh, I agree. It was uh, it was super fun to be able to watch him today, and uh, like you said, finally be able to get a look at him. So that's kind of that's kind of the latest on him. the The dream of of seeing him here near the end of the season uh, is probably over. <clears throat> is that probably for the best? You don't burn that ELC. You don't risk, uh, you know him. Uh, you know, having having to be exposed in in the expansion draft, for me, as as much of a bummer as it is that we don't get to see him this year, there's a part of me that thinks, hey, you know, that mm-hmm. just might be for the best. Yeah, where you know the, the realistically not going to make uh, it would be a bit again a big ask for him to make a huge, a real discernible difference for this year's team mm-hmm. with with no practice time and no you know, no adjustment, no, any of that. Um, it would be, it would be a big ask. So I don't mind being patient and waiting for next year. And Hey, if he gets into the AHL a little bit, he gets a taste of, of pro hockey a little bit. Yeah. And then ha- whatever happens with the Eagles happens, you know, mm-hmm. um, he could follow the Zach Wierenski thing where, you know, Zach Wierenski ended up down there uh, in the AHL. And uh, playing for Jared Bednar, mm-hmm. you know, and they they went on to win a, a Calder Cup together, yeah. And that you know that worked out just fine. <laughs> um, after after his college career was done, you know, he went and played for the for the Monsters and ended up playing for them in the postseason. Was really effective in their playoff run. Mm-hmm. Now he also played regular season games with them, and that likely would not be the case with McCarr. But anyway, point is. I don't mind the patience. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind them, you know, okay, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll just see you in September. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, I'm right there with you. I, I think it's, uh, I think it's all right. I think uh, he's going to be worth the wait. Like you said. Oh my God. Is he ever going to (laughs) be worth the wait? You know, I was talking to someone last night and and they were saying, Oh, you know, I'm excited, but Oh, I'm nervous that he's not going to actually, you know, be that good, this, that, and the other. And I, and I was saying, you know, every now and then, just every now and then, the hype is just real, man. Um, and obviously, this is an extreme example. No one, please get too carried away. But I said, do you remember Connor McDavid when he was coming out? You know, it was kind of the same thing. Oh, my gosh, this kid's lighting the world on fire. Uh, you know, this, that, and the other. How is the game going to transition? Is he actually going to be able to this, that, and the other? And, and it, was, it was, like I said, he lived up to the hype and uh, every now and then the hype's just real. And I'm, I'm just 
crazy enough to think that the hype just might be real with uh, with Kale McCarr. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, like, let's be honest. I mean, like, when it comes to the high end guys, uh, scouts get it right pretty frequently when it comes to these cats. You know, you don't you don't look at a lot of top fives, top tens, and drafts and say, "Wow, there's a lot of misses there." You know, there might be like three or four guys in a top 10 where you're like, ah, it's kind of iffy. But even then you're still talking about the majority of them. Those guys turn into players. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when it comes to top five picks, it's even more so true. So I, I do think, uh, I, I do think that there's an insane amount of hype on this one. And look like there's a lot of people out there that, watch hockey for a living and see this kid and all feel the same way that there's something special happening that there's, there's a, he's, he's a different personality. He's a different breed of person. He's a different style of player. One that's built for this version of the NHL, mm-hmm. you know, 10 years ago, would he be as hyped? I don't think so. Right. But where the the NHL is today and you know who finds success in in this version of the league i mean you can't help but feel pretty good that hey this is i mean this is this is a kid that's about to do on on the verge of some of potentially doing something special yeah. and he belongs to the Colorado Avalanche probably the best part not probably It's the best part. Let's take one more quick break here, AJ. When we come back, we're going to give you that standings update. I lost my – I forgot what we were going to do, actually. That was why I took such a long pause. We're going to give you that standings update we love to give out. BS and Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We will be right back. Green Mountain Dental Group is a family-owned business that has been a staple in Lakewood for over 40 years. Whether it's cosmetic, oral surgery, or preventative dentistry, at Green Mountain Dental Group you will find nothing but the best. We have chosen Green Mountain Dental and will continue to attend Green Mountain Dental because of the superior care that we receive from them. Their facility is amazing and above all, it's the personal touch that we receive from the people there, including Dr. Ben Jr. and Anne and Mary and Sherry and Marie. They've known me was my husband, my children, and now my grandchildren and are just incredible with all of us. That was Annette. She's been a patient at Green Mountain Dental Group since 1976 and truly loves their service. Never did I think in 1976 how blessed we would be to recognize the people at Green Mountain Dental and are so thankful that they have been a part of our lives. For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Just mention BSN Denver. Third and final segment, BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Well, AJ, even though I fumbled over every last word getting out of that last segment, uh, we're going to talk standings. It's like we said on that last show that, that you and I did together. 
pretty much from here to the end of year, you guys are going to be hearing a lot of standings updates from us just because every single night has so many implications on what, you know, the abs are doing, um, where the abs sit in the standings, the playoff race, the draft lottery, all of that stuff. So after last night, AJ, where do we sit? What is, uh, What's the Western Conference looking like now that the Avs uh, knocked off the Arizona Coyotes in that shootout? Well, Colorado's got the three-point lead with four games to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're talking two more wins from Colorado. Puts them at 89 points. Um, Arizona's maximum at this point is 90. So two wins forces Arizona to win out to beat them and get into the postseason. That's so. and that's really and Minnesota is four back of of Colorado. Now, the you know Minnesota and Arizona play death match tomorrow, mm-hmm. where whatever whatever happens in that game, you're just saying just end in regulation for the love of all that is holy. Don't right. go into overtime, <laughs> right? Uh, just end in regulation, and whatever will be will be. But ideally, if you're Colorado, you're rooting for Minnesota in that game. Yeah. Uh, because then at that point, um, they both Arizona and Minnesota would have um, just three games remaining. And those the max the maximum for both of those teams would then go down and 89 points would very likely be good enough to get Colorado into the postseason, which is just four points from now. So you're talking two wins in the final four games. <clears throat> So that's, I mean, that's that, that that's why last night was so big. Even even giving up the extra point to Arizona, that was the reason it was so big is because they are in the firm driver's seat here. It's going to take multiple wins from the teams behind them. Uh, it's going to take, I mean, at, at least uh, two victories for Arizona to catch where Colorado is today. Right. Right. With four with four games still left for the abs to play. So uh they're in the driver's seat, man, and they're in a pretty decent position. Dallas is in uh, Vancouver tonight. If Vancouver is somehow able to knock them off, then you know Colorado still has an outside shot at catching Dallas. They're three back with four games to play. So you're saying that one's that's still pretty unlikely. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just as unlikely that Colorado catches Dallas that Arizona catches Colorado. Um uh, mm-hmm. just Three back with four to play. It's just a numbers game. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas so can actually clinch tonight also, just as a side note. That's oof. that's because they would get to 90. Right. And that would that would guarantee that they get in with all the tiebreaker advantages that they have uh, over Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, personally, not, I can't believe Dallas is going to get in because – I think that's well. I, the, the crazy thing about Dallas, more than anything, is that they have nothing offensively, and we've been talking about them as a one-line team for however many years. But defensively, they turned they turned into a group of turnstiles into this defensive juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Well, and the goaltending they've gotten uh, sure has helped too. Oh well, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like both Kudobin and Bishop have put up uh, elite starter numbers this year. So you can, you know, when you get good, when you get goaltending like that across an entire season, God, could you imagine them not making the postseason? Yeah, and and realistically, like they would be in an absolute dogfight. If you if last year, 
uh, with Colorado needing 95 points to get in there. I mean, Dallas is at 88 right now. If we were using last year's metrics, neither the stars nor the Avs are in the play in the playoffs. And the stars are very much a bubble team in, mm-hmm. in, in last year's uh, race. Yeah. So, I mean, hell, so is Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. So it just goes to show you that, I mean, that the middle class fell, the bottom fell out of the middle class in the, in the West this year. And it's opened up opportunities for 80 point teams for an 80 point team, like Colorado, Arizona, or Minnesota to get in. Mm-hmm. And when you uh, are one of those teams, you don't ask why you don't ask how you just say, thank you. And then you try to get in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you however they got here, it doesn't, it just doesn't really matter. Uh, let's shift our attention down towards the bottom of the standings. The Ottawa Senators in action right now. Uh, not having the game on, AJ, what is the latest? Uh, well, Ottawa's about to win. Uh, they are up 3-2 uh, to two in the final 90 seconds of the game. Ottawa's on a power play uh, and just got away with a trip, and it's about to be 4-2. to two. And uh, notable is that just a few minutes earlier, they uh, Mitch Marner had a uh, two on O that they did not score on. Great. So Ottawa's going to win tonight, uh, and they will move. Uh, they will have four games remaining. So Ottawa will move up to sixty-two points with four games remaining. Uh, that puts them three points behind the LA Kings, who are also in action tonight against Chicago. Okay. Okay. So still three, still three points here. I mean, three points with four games to go. Now Ottawa does play Buffalo and right now Buffalo is an auto win for everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And realistically Ottawa, uh, because New Jersey and Detroit have just found way, found their ways uh, to points. I'm not overly concerned about Ottawa being able to catch any of them at this point. Um, but Los Angeles is still very much in play, but it's, it really, honestly, it really is looking as if, um, that pick is going to be, uh, guaranteed top five in, in the next two or three days, it should be guaranteed top five. Well, there you go. Uh, AJ, what, what else, if anything is, uh, is jumping out to you in the standings race, Eastern conference playoff race, um, do you have anything else for us as far as, uh, as far as that goes? It's, I mean, it's, it's coming down to the wire and I mean, every single game just means so much every single point. It seems like every night there's a game on, especially with the abs in, in the unique situation they are in. Um, yeah, no kidding. It, it seems like every night there's just a, you know, a docket full of, uh, of games to keep an eye on. Yeah, well, and with the Abs having two games, uh, two days off in a row, it's two nights of rooting for stuff to happen. Right. Um, you know, you got L.A. coming up tonight that I'll be, of course, staying up, keeping an eye on. Tomorrow is obviously Minnesota, Arizona. You got to keep an eye on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, that's the only game of, of rooting interest tomorrow right. uh, is Minnesota, Arizona on Sunday. And then um, Monday, Tampa Bay plays Ottawa, so you really hope that that's that that goes the way that it should. Right. Uh, and then Colorado's in St. Louis for a huge game, um, but also of note, Monday night Edmonton is in Vegas. That's also very important for Colorado. 
because Colorado and Edmonton play Tuesday night. So they both will be on the second nights of back-to-backs. It won't be any of this. Edmonton is in Denver Monday night watching the Avs play St. Louis. Right. You know, and, and just waiting for them. They will both be going to war that night and then have to pick up the pieces and try it again the next night, mm-hmm. which presents a bunch of unique challenges on how which which goaltender you do play in which game or is the answer Grubauer. And you just keep going. What's your answer? It's Grubauer. <laughs> Grubauer has to start in St. Louis. Because, mm-hmm. um, like I said, you get you win the first two games of this back-to-back, and uh, Arizona loses to Minnesota, and you're pretty much in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's super exciting, man, just to – you know, just to be a part of it, honestly. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I mean, two years in a row uh, that you're part of this race, and it's a race where teams are winning. Like, do you remember Do you remember a couple of years ago, Patrick Waugh's last year, where it was Colorado and Minnesota for the final spot, and mm-hmm. both teams, like, Minnesota lost, like, the last five games of the season, yeah. and the Avs outdid them by losing, like, by, by losing, like, lost seven or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was just two teams that had no interest in making the postseason, losing their way through the final two <sighs> weeks. This year, it's and last year was kind of the same thing. Like, the it was just teams that just kept choking away opportunities to put the other teams away. And this year, it's a bunch of mediocre teams who got hot at the end. Right, right. And you're like, okay, well, this is different. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny, and you know we've we've normally usually seen the the St. Louis collapse at the end of the year that always costs them something. Uh, yeah. They might just get away with it this year, man. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely see. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to. I mean, this is this is what you care about, right? You just you go into the season, especially when you're covering a bubble team like we are. Uh, and you're saying, "Hey, we just want the last. We want it to. We want it to last as long as possible." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this this is it. Like it's going to last until game eighty two, for better or worse. Nothing will get decided likely until this the the end of this this next week. Yeah. Well, there you go, AJ. Uh, let's go ahead and get out of here for the day. We apologize. Uh, normally your, your Friday evening is filled with these soothing tones of, uh, Adrian Dater. He had some family emergencies come up and then with the game last night, by the time we got out and, and the game was done, it was just a little too late for us to be jumping on the mic. So we appreciate you guys bearing with us. And, uh, and, and, and again, we apologize that, that we're a little off here as far as, uh, our normal schedule and, and, and things like that. But we hope this, uh, we hope you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoyed today. We hope you guys enjoy your week, the rest of your weekend, your Sunday, all that good stuff for Adrian Dater and AJ Hayfley. I am Jesse Montano. This is the BSN avalanche podcast presented by total beverage. Thank you guys so much for listening. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon. You finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.